It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Thursday. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage, John Spears in studio. It is Thursday, October 20th. M&M Carnage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. It'll be open for the entire hour today, 384-1450, to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text in at that number, 414-1450. A lot to get to today. It is Sports Equinox Day, 27th time ever. Do you know what that is? I'll explain later. The Sports Equinox. Padres uh, tie the series with the Phillies in the National League Championship Series at a game apiece. The Houston Astros draw first blood with against the Yankees in game one of the ALCS. Full slate of opening night games in the NBA last night. Paolo Bancaro was really good. Zion Williamson was really good. Ben Simmons was really bad. We'll get to all of that Thursday night football tonight. It's never too early to start looking at the slate of games from the upcoming NFL weekend. New Orleans and Arizona, both teams two and four. Al Michaels has not been happy on Thursday night, and you wonder if he's reconsidering whether he should have taken the Amazon Prime gig with Kirk Herbstreit. Financially, he's not reconsidering it. All right, He's getting paid a lot of money to watch some terrible football. Now, next week, they've got Baltimore and Tampa Bay. That's got to be better. But they've had some bad games the last couple of weeks. Indianapolis, Denver, Stinker, 12-9 to in overtime. Then they had another bad one last week. Ugh, make you want to throw up in it. The Bears make you want to throw up in your mouth a little bit. New Orleans, Arizona tonight, okay. Uh, Who's going to be the quarterback for the Saints? Jameis Winston is not on the injury report, but does head coach Dennis Allen stick with Andy Dalton, who's been okay? The Saints are going to be without their two best receivers, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Arizona gets DeAndre Hopkins back after his – PED suspension, so he'll be back. Arizona, by the way, has lost eight consecutive home games. That's hard to do. You don't do that if you're the Houston Texans or the Carolina Panthers or fill in the blank with whatever bad team you want to talk about. The Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know how long he's going to make it. If they don't make the playoffs this year, and they're supposed to, I look for Arizona to maybe make a change at at head coach. You can't make a change at quarterback. You've paid Kyler Murray. You've paid him handsomely. He is going to be your quarterback. And I've heard this. People are saying, let him go. Just let him run around and throw it down the field and get him out of a, a system that is constraining him. Well, I don't know if that's the answer. He does get his best receiver back tonight. That's going to help. They traded Carolina for a disgruntled Robbie Anderson. Another decent receiver. He'll help. 
James Conner, the running back, may or may not play tonight. Game time decision. So I don't know how good this game's going to be. Arizona's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I guess it's because they're home, even though they never win at home. Or maybe it's because they got one of the best receivers in the league back tonight. Two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll give you a winner at the end of the hour. Maybe. Maybe I'll remember. Sometimes I forget. Last week, I forgot. Now, that was a good thing because I like the Bears. I don't know how you like the Bears. While we're on the NFL, and I didn't plan to start the show with NFL talk, but why not? Who's the quarterback in New England? Mac Jones was the flavor of the month there last year. Rookie, great rookie season, coming back. Uh, Mac Jones, year two. You know, most of these great quarterbacks, they take big step forward in year two. Lamar, Josh Allen. You know, year two's the year. Well, Mike Jones got hurt. Bailey Zappi, the Western Kentucky product, has come in. The Patriots, who were one and three, are now three and three. Zappi's got a quarterback rating in both games of over a hundred. That's good. Bailey Zappi does what the coaches tell him to do. Mac Jones asks questions. Why are we doing that? Why do we run that play? Why do I have two defensive coaches as my offensive coordinators? I don't think Bill Belichick, after 106 years of coaching in the NFL, wants to be asked questions by his young quarterback. Tom Brady didn't ask questions. I put him in for Drew Bledsoe when Bledsoe got hurt, and he never came out. And he did what I told him to do. He did what the coaching staff said. He worked his his tail off. And he became who he was today. And he didn't ask a lot of questions. I don't think Bill Belichick wants Mac Jones asking him a bunch of questions. And Bailey Zappi, kid, get in there and throw the ball to open receivers and run the offense. Yes, sir. Not asking any questions. I might not like the play call. I might not understand the play call. Why are we doing that in the third quarter? But you know what? You're the coach. I'm not going to ask. And it feels like... It feels like the New England offense and the New England coaching staff are more comfortable with Bailey Zappi in a quarterback. Not a first-round draft pick. Not a first-round draft pick. There are a whole lot of quarterbacks in the National Football League who are very successful who were not first-round draft picks. Tom Brady is one. Dak Prescott, who will be back this weekend for Dallas, is another. There are a ton of stories like that. A ton. New England has not drafted well historically. They trade well. They pick up free agents well. They know when to get rid of a guy one year before he's ready to drop off. They don't hold on to guys too long. But they've never been great in the draft, except when they took Tom Brady with, I think it was the 199th pick overall, sixth round, and maybe Bailey Zappi. Now, Bailey Zappi's not Tom Brady. It's not what I'm saying. Don't put words in my mouth, people. That's not what I'm saying. But he did throw like a million touchdown passes at Western Kentucky. 
He has the arm. He has the physical ability. His footwork is good. Can you plug him into a system and say, run the plays we call, hit the receivers, go through your progressions, find the right matchup, find the right throw, and make it, and run the offense? Handle the clock. He looks like he's ahead of the curve here. He looks like he can do it. They demolished Cleveland last week. Now, the Browns are a, a, I guess, dumpster fire right now. They're waiting for Deshaun Watson to get back at quarterback, and when he finally does in week 13, it may be too late. They thought Jacoby Brissett was going to be able to keep the ship upright. They were 2-1. and one. They're now 2-4, and four, and it's not going well. They're in Baltimore this weekend. But New England lambasted them last week, and Bailey Zappi was part of the reason. Mac Jones got on Twitter today, and you know how much Bill Belichick loves Twitter. Mac Jones got on Twitter today and said, hey, I'm ready. I'm healthy. I will be in the lineup on Monday Night Football when the New England Patriots host the Chicago Bears. Yikes. Now, I don't know if Bill Belichick's on board, Matt Patricia, the defensive coach who is the offensive coordinator, play caller, is on board here, but Mike Jones thinks he's going to be in the lineup. Bailey Zappi against Cleveland last week, 24 of 34, 309 yards, that's 9.3 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked twice. He played great. He played great. Week five, two weeks ago, New England shuts out Detroit, 29 to nothing. Bailey Zappi, 17 of 21, 188 yards. That's nine yards per attempt. One touchdown, one interception. He runs the offense. He knows where to go with the football. He has no problem audibling, having trouble with the play clock, getting plays in on time. He listens to the play call in his headset. He goes out and he makes the play. And we saw it at Western Kentucky. Here's the thing. Nobody pays attention to it in the NFL when it's at Western Kentucky. You got a run-and-shoot offense at WKU under Tyson Helton. They're, they're trying to get as many offensive plays run as they can. And you got Bailey Zappi throwing, I don't know, 62 touchdowns his senior year. I'll check on that. Seems like uh, way too many, maybe in his uh, last two years. Throwing the ball all over the place. Learning great footwork. Learning his reads. And some guys come into the NFL because of the system they're in. Some quarterbacks come in more ready than other quarterbacks. Mac Jones played at Alabama. Mac Jones was a very accurate quarterback at Alabama. That's not hard to be when you have the receivers that Mac Jones had at Alabama. You can throw it up. 
One of your guys is going to go get it when you're at Alabama. Devontae Smith was uh, one of those national championship wide receivers. Uh, look, there are eight or nine names that that Mac Jones threw to in college that are playing in the NFL right now. But it feels like this offense has been better with Bailey Zapp- Zappi in a quarterback. It's a, it's a small sample size. I understand that. It's a small sample size. But New England has been better in the last two games than they were in the first four games. That is not up for conjecture. They lost the opener to the Dolphins. They scored seven. They beat the Steelers. They scored 17. They lost to the Ravens 37-26. to Scored 24 in overtime loss to the Packers. Last two games, 29 and 38. Those are the most points of all six games this season, 29 and 38. And Bailey Zappi was the quarterback. Coincidence? I think not. So even though Mac Jones put on Twitter, put on social media that he's ready to go, he'll be the starting quarterback against the Bears this this Monday night, I say we'll wait and see. Bill Belichick doesn't care. He doesn't care how much money you make, where you were drafted. If you're going to give me productivity and wins, guess what? You're going to play. And New England's now 3-3 three and three in a position to get a wild card. Nobody's going to catch the Bills in the AFC East. The Dolphins started 3-0. and They're now 3-3. Three and three. Miami, by the way, uh, I know they play this week. There you go. They, are, they host Pittsburgh Sunday night football. They're 3-3. Three and three. The Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets are 4-2. and two. So you got five and one, four and two, three and three, three and three. But the Jets, you know, they feel catchable. It doesn't feel like the Jets are going to continue at a at a four and two pace on the season. They might. They got Denver this weekend in Denver. Jets four and two, Denver two and four. Denver's a one and a half point favorite. I know. Vegas is smarter than I am. Here's another one. Giants 5-1. Jacksonville 2-4 in Jacksonville. The Jags are a three-point favorite. I got a lot of work to do on the unsponsored six-pack for tomorrow. We'll get there. Got a lot of work to do. All right. Sports Equinox is today. 27th time in history. I'll tell you what that is after the break, and we'll run down the baseball playoffs. Getting really close to the World Series. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. 
Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thorne's text line open as well. Get your text into the show at 414-1450, sponsored by Thornton's. Uh, they're talking about expanding the uh, March Madness NCAA tournament. 80 looks to be the number that uh, most of these, and I'm air quoting here, experts believe would be a good jumping off point. 32 at-large teams would play in the first. That's crazy. What are we doing? What are we doing? The NCAA tournament is perfect. In fact, it was perfect, if you want to talk perfect, at 64. We didn't need 68. We don't need games on Tuesday and Wednesday of the first week of the tournament. That's overkill. If 68 is overkill, what is 80? How many teams from the Big Ten would then go to the tournament? The SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12. All but one or two? 68's an awkward number because it doesn't divide easily. 64, then you go to 32, 16, 8, 4, 2, 1. Simple. That's the way it was. That's the way it should be. Just go to 128 if you're going to go to 80. Go and get it over with. I think we need expansion in the college football playoff because four is not enough. Four is not enough. Eight is good. 12 feels right. But college basketball, March Madness, it's, it's something we shouldn't mess with. And I don't know why this is a topic of discussion now in the NCAA. It seems crazy. 80 teams. When are we going to start the tournament? February? All right. I'm riled up now. I will tell you what's good, though. Today is sports equinox. All four major sports playing on the same day. Major professional sports playing on the same day. We've got playoff baseball. We've got college, uh, excuse me, we've got NFL football. We've got two NBA games tonight, and we've got 12 National Hockey League games. Throw in a couple of college football games tonight, Major League Soccer playoffs. This is crazy. 27th time in history we've had the sports equinox where all four major professional sports are playing on the same day. Get your parlays in now, right? Get your parlays in now. All right, Major League Baseball, National League Championship Series continued yesterday afternoon down in uh, San Diego. Fans are still going nuts, and Philly's going to be great tomorrow night. But the Padres trailed 4-0, came back, beat the Phillies 8-5 yesterday. Uh, Brandon Drury, another former Red, shining in the postseason. He uh, had a two-run single in the five-run fifth. He also homered along with Manny Machado and uh, Josh Bell to allow the Padres to come back and beat Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola with a 4-0 lead seemed like uh, I don't want to say a lock. There's nef- definitely never a lock, but it seemed like Phillies were in great shape there. I thought, oh, this is this is trouble. 
But give the Padres credit. They did it to the Dodgers last week with a five-run inning. They did it last yesterday to Philadelphia with a five-run inning. Nola went four and two-thirds innings, allowed seven hits, six earned runs. Game three is tomorrow night in Philadelphia. It's going to be cranking in the city of brotherly love or brotherly hate, depending on where you're at. 737 FS1, Joe Musgrove for the Padres, and one of the best names in baseball, Ranger Suarez, going for the Phillies tomorrow night. Yankees lose game one at Houston, 4-2. This is Yankee baseball. Now, the, the Astros played a little Yankee baseball against the Yankees yesterday. They scored four runs. They had three solo homers. Yuli Gurriel, McCormick hit one. And uh, Pena hit one. The Yankees had two runs. Harrison Bader, Anthony Rizzo, solo homers. But this is Yankee baseball. They walk. They hit home runs. They strike out. How many of the outs do you think were strikeouts? Yankees had 27 outs offensively last night. 17 strikeouts. 17. That's what the Yankees do. We hit homers, we walk, we strike out. And we're going to hit enough homers to beat you. Well, yesterday, they were out-homered. When the Yankees get out-homered, they're not going to win because they don't know how to manufacture runs. They don't know how to go first to third on a hit to right. They don't know how to steal bases. There are no small ball innings in New York for the Yankees. Justin Verlander... Struggled last time out in the playoffs. Made it, He looked good last night. Six innings, three hits, one earned run on, on the Bader homer. Walked one, struck out 11. I wonder about Verlander because he's been injured. We threw him on the scrap heap a couple of years ago. All right. I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but I will say this. Nothing surprises me in sports anymore when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs. And I don't, I'm not claiming that Justin Verlander is doing things not naturally. All right? I'm not saying that. But when Roger Clemens had a resurgence in his career, guess what we found out later? Guess what we found out after the fact? Justin Verlander was on the scrap heap. He was. He was on the scrap heap. He came to Houston, who, by the way, has a history of cheating. And all of a sudden, he won a Cy Young. He's going to win another Cy Young this year. He's in his 40s, and he's throwing it harder than he ever has. I'm not saying. I'm just giving you facts. These are all facts. How did he get there? Oh, you know, uh, The time off, the surgery helped. I rediscovered my fastball because it helped me to actually have the time off. And and the workout regimen, second to none. Okay, all right. We've heard it all before from other players and pitchers. And I go back to, you're 41 years old. Your career was heading downhill. What could make it go back uphill? Surgery, workout workout routine, 
I'm just saying, it's Houston, and because it's Houston, we're going to have questions. I'm going to have questions. I hope I'm wrong, because he was unbelievable last night. He was unbelievable. He was throwing 98 to 100. He was hitting corners. His his uh, breaking stuff was working. The Yankees had no answer for Justin Verlander. He made one mistake, and Harrison Bader hit it out of the park. Game two tonight, 737 on TBS. Luis Severino goes for the Yankees. Framber Valdez, another great name, Framber Valdez, goes for Houston tonight. Uh, must win? No. There are no must wins. I've said this before, unless it's an elimination game. But the Yankees certainly don't want to go down 0-2. They're going to get Garrett Cole in the rotation coming up in Game 3 in New York. So if they can steal this tonight, and I think they have a legitimate shot to steal this tonight, you got a left-handed Valdez going against a predominantly right-handed power lineup with guys like Judge, guys like um, uh, Giancarlo Stanton. You got Bader, who's hit a lot of home runs in the postseason. Right-handed hitters who are looking at that those Crawford boxes in left field in Houston and licking their chops. So I think the Yankees have a legitimate shot tonight. Severino does need to pitch well, but he has pitched well. He has a history of pitching great baseball or not good baseball. There's really no in-between with Luis Severino. You're going to know in the first two innings, if you're Aaron Boone, can I stick with Severino or am I going to have to make this a bullpen game? Because when he goes south, he goes really, really, really south. But if he goes north, he can shut down any lineup in the league. I I just got a feeling on the Yankees tonight. I do. A judge, I think, judge, Aaron Judge has struggled. He struck out a lot in the playoffs. I think he breaks out tonight. So there you go. Um, all right, uh, let's check the text machine. Not safe for air text. I guess I'll have to read that one in the break. I'm glad that you give me a warning, right? At least, at least this texture gave me a warning. This is not safe for the air. All right. I like it. I read it. It's funny. I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not. But it is funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. Uh, another texture said that great nutrition makes for a great comeback. All right. Okay. Well, I'm still going to keep eating at Taco Bell and, and Culver's and, you know, went to El Nepal with the wife last night. Yeah, it's my great nutrition. I, look, I'm not looking for a comeback. So I don't know what Justin Verlander's eating. But um, whatever it is, whatever he's ingesting, let's put it that way, it certainly isn't hurting his pitching. It's not hurting his pitching. I checked the uh, Thursday night football games during the break. Thursday night favorites are 4-2 and two this season. Now, one of them is Washington last week. They were a one-point favorite over Chicago. They won that game 12-7. to seven. So... 
I mean, do I count that as a favorite winning? It's against the Bears. Arizona's two and a half tonight. I'm going to take New Orleans. I'm taking the underdog here because Arizona, you lose eight in a row at home, there's a reason, right? Now, I don't know who Andy Dalton slash Jameis Winston's going to throw the ball to for New Orleans. My only feeling here is it's a Thursday night game. All these games are ugly. Part of the reason are the teams that are playing. Part of the reason is the short turnaround when you played on Sunday. Um, I expect bad football tonight, turnover battle here, and I think it's going to be close at the end. So I'm going to take the two and a half and New Orleans. I don't like to. I, I don't want to take either one of these teams. But it's a public service to you for me to pick these games because if you're smart, you will go to the uh, betting parlor and bet the other way if you're smart. So I'm giving you New Orleans tonight plus the two and a half against uh, Arizona. And if Arizona loses tonight, by the way, and goes to one of these teams is going to be two and five after tonight. Two and five, you can almost hang it up. So this is a critical game for both teams. Arizona in a division with the Niners and the Rams. Now look, the Niners haven't been great. Rams haven't been good at all. They're all three and they're both three and three. But two and five is two and five. And you got have to figure the Rams are going to play better, and you have to figure the 49ers are going to figure it out. They stunk it up last week against Atlanta. Every time San Francisco wins, this is what we hear. Jimmy Garoppolo, all he does is win. And then when you look at his record as a starting quarterback, it's really good. It's 15 or 20 games over 500. But every time they lose, we don't say, oh, what's wrong with Jimmy G? We don't say that. We give them too much credit when they win, and we don't give them enough blame when they lose. They scored 14 against Atlanta last week. Rams, I don't know what's wrong with the Rams other than uh, Super Bowl hangover. That's Super Bowl hangover. They're off this week, so they're not going to lose this week. There are some good football teams that don't play this weekend. Here's who here's the four bye weeks. Buffalo, five and one, Philadelphia, six and zero, oh, Vikings, five and one, and the Rams, who are three and three. Those are the four teams that don't play this weekend. I was looking for good games. Well, they're hard to find because all the good teams are off. Kansas City, San Francisco, that's a little tasty. That's in the late afternoon window uh, on Sunday. That's juicy because it's a former Super Bowl rematch. All right. 49ers are at home. Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites. That's a little dice. That's a little juicy. Other than that, when you look at the schedule, Indianapolis, Tennessee, okay, they're in the same division. This could go a long way into see which one of these teams makes the playoffs and which one's left out because you're only getting one playoff team from that division. Winning this game is like winning a game and a half because all of a sudden you, you're ahead in the tiebreaker. But uh, other than that, here's the rundown for this week, other than the Thursday night game. Cleveland-Baltimore could be good, divisional game. 
Tampa Bay, Carolina, stink pot. Atlanta, Cincinnati, gross. By the way, Bengals all of a sudden look really, really good. Really, really good. That defense can play. That defense can play. And the comeback win in New Orleans. Remember, this is a Bengals team that's 3-3. Three and three. They've lost all three games on a field goal to end the game. Last play of the game. And they're 3-3. Three and three. Green Bay at Washington, yikes. Detroit at Dallas, nope. Giants in Jacksonville, eh, interesting because Jacksonville's favorite, but that's the only reason. Jets in Denver, is Tebow playing? I don't think so. Houston and the Raiders, both teams with one win. That's a war. Seattle at the Chargers, not exciting. Sunday night football, Pittsburgh at Miami. And Monday night, Chicago and New England. God. I'd rather go watch the Bills practice than some of these games this week. I'd rather go watch the Bills practice. I will take a break, talk a little NBA on the other side. And are the Pitt Panthers as bad as that Georgia Tech loss? I'll argue against that after the break. Listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Thursday. Ed Peak will join me in studio tomorrow. We'll have the unsponsored six-pack tomorrow as well. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. That's 502-414-1450. Get your text into the show at that number, 414 414- 1450. Happy Sports Equinox Day, MLB, NHL, NBA, and uh, NFL all in action today. 27th time in the history of ever that that's happened. Very exciting. Uh, All right, uh, CBS Sports is the first to uh, send out a preseason All-America team. First team is Drew Timmy of Gonzaga, Armando Baycott of North Carolina, Marcus Sassier of Houston, and Jamie Jacquez of UCLA, along with Oscar Shibway of Kentucky. He and Timmy were unanimous first-team selections. See if I can find the second team here. Uh, I know Trace Jackson Davis is on there somewhere. Um, Yeah, this is very difficult to read. All right, second team, Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana, Hunter Dickinson of Michigan, Kendrick Davis of Memphis, Caleb Love, North Carolina, and Nick Smith, the freshman at Arkansas. Third team, Zach Eady, the 7'4 junior from Purdue, Adam Flagler of Baylor, Keontae George of Baylor, Mike Miles Jr. of TCU, and Derek Lively the second of Duke. So no Dukey until the third team in John Shire's first year at the helm. Very interesting. All right, uh, I'm wondering out loud. I wondered out loud this morning, all alone in my home. Wife was gone, and you ever do that? Just say things out loud when you're all by yourself. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, feel like an idiot for a second. I'll give you that. Looked around, thought, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to answer. And if, if they do, I'm getting the hell out of here. Is Pittsburgh as bad as we think they are coming into this Louisville game? The Cards, by the way, are two-and-a-half-point favorites Saturday night at Cardinal Stadium against the Pitt Panthers. Pitt comes in with a record of 4-2. and two. Now, why, why we are skewed is because Pittsburgh lost two weeks ago, three weeks ago, to a really bad Georgia Tech team at Pittsburgh, 26-21. to 20, 21. Georgia Tech has gotten destroyed by Clemson, by Ole Miss. Central Florida beat them pretty bad. But they did beat Pitt. They did beat Duke. They're 3-3 three and three on the season. But we really, we watched that game. We saw that game, and immediately we circled on the calendar, well, Louisville plays Pitt in three weeks. Louisville's probably, that, hey, that's a game they're going to win. That is one of those games to get you to a bowl game. Like the Virginia game, the road Virginia win was. But as I look at Pittsburgh's schedule, they beat West Virginia at home. They lost to Tennessee in overtime, 34-27. to That's their only other loss other than that Georgia Tech debacle. And keep in mind, everybody has one of those games, it, it seems. Georgia had it, but they happened to win. They had that game, but they happened to win the game that they had that way. Right? Sometimes you have that game and you win. Pitt had that game, but they didn't win. They beat West Virginia. They lost to Tennessee in overtime. We know how good Tennessee is now. They beat Western Michigan, which they should. They crushed Rhode Island, which they should. And then two weeks ago, they beat Virginia Tech at home. 45 to 29. Virginia Tech's not very good. I'll give you that. The running back for Pitt, and I'm only going to say his name once because I don't know how close I'm going to get, I'm going to be to getting it right. Israel Abani Kanda. I'm going to try again. Abani Kanda. Against Virginia Tech, 320 yards on the ground, six touchdowns. He broke the Pittsburgh rushing single-game record, formerly held by Tony Dorsett. That's pretty good company to be in. Keaton Slovis is still the quarterback. He is healthy. The transfer from Southern Cal. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, this game is not a gift. I was talking with about this game, Tony Burke, yesterday. I said, I feel like Malik's healthy. Louisville's going to come, they're going to crush them. Then I started doing research, which I hate to do. And I'm looking at this going, this team's not as bad as we think they are because they lost to Georgia Tech. They're coming off a bye. Louisville's coming off a bye as well. So both teams have had two weeks to get ready for this one. It's just as big a game for Pittsburgh. They finish at Carolina, Syracuse, at Virginia, Duke, and at Miami. So three of their last five are on the road. Actually, when you count the Louisville game in there, it's four of the last six are on the road for Pitt. And they got Syracuse, who at this moment is still undefeated. That's a home game. 
and a capable Duke team at home. Now, they're probably going to win at Virginia. That, that gives them five. Virginia's terrible. But where's the sixth win? Well, Pitt's thinking it's at Louisville two nights from tonight. So all of a sudden, I'm not on this Louisville's going to crush them because Malik's healthy bandwagon that I was on yesterday. That's the reason it's two and a half and not six and a half. Louisville's getting two and a half, given two and a half points because they're at home. There it is, plain and simple. Does the home field matter for Louisville? Well, it did against South Florida. Right? It did against South Florida. Doesn't mean it's going to mean a lot on Saturday night. The crowd's got to show up here. This is a crowd's got to show up game. The crowd was great against Florida State. Great. Fantastic. But they lost. Decent crowd for South Florida. Not a great crowd, but a decent crowd. Keep in mind, this only it's October 22nd. It's only the third home game of the year for Louisville. Un, uh, conversely to Pitt, Louisville's got four of their last six at home. Wake Forest, James Madison, NC State are the other three. I wasn't worried about this game yesterday. I looked at some numbers. Now I'm worried about this game. Louisville has struggled against the run. Pittsburgh wants to run the football. <sighs> All right. I'm not going to lose sleep. I'll be there Saturday night. Uh, I still feel like Louisville, if they play well, they'll win the game. Pittsburgh's not going to come in here and lay down. And then all of a sudden, we're back to where we were again. It's The overreactions are incredible. They're incredible. They're not – I used to think it was after week one, week two. They're every week. Every week is an overreaction. Lose to Boston College. We're putting names on a list to replace Satterfield. Beat Virginia. Now you're putting names on a list of which bowl game you want to go to. It's incredible, the overreaction. I love it. Makes my, makes my job easy. I had full slate of NBA last night. I know I – know, uh, it's really early in the season. Everybody's one game in. Detroit beat Orlando last night, 113-109. That's not the story. The Orlando rookie, the Duke uh, one-year wonder, Paolo Bancaro for Orlando in the loss, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. He is the first rookie whose first game ended with at least 25 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Since 2003, Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James. Now, nobody's saying he's LeBron James, but what we are saying is nobody's done what he did last night in 19 years since LeBron James did it as a rookie in the NBA. 27-9-5, and and I watched a little bit of that game. That was one of the two... Really early NBA games, he was incredible. He was incredible. He had a posterizing dunk of someone who I will not throw under the bus for Detroit, basically because I don't know who it was. But he flew over him. He's going to be good. Orlando's not going to be good, but he's going to be really good. 
Uh, New Orleans beat Brooklyn 130 to 108 last night. Said this yesterday, Vegas got a lot of money on New Orleans. There's a lot of love for the Pelicans. They're young. As Zion, if he's healthy and if he's in shape, he had 25 last night. All of his field goals came in the paint. He's not outside jacking up threes like he was his rookie season. He's working it down low, and he's the best that that I can remember seeing at missing a shot sort of intentionally and going and getting his own rebound putting it back in. Going up saying, you know what, I don't feel this. I'm just going to throw it here, go get it, and lay it back in or dunk it back in. Moses Malone made a career of doing that. You young people don't know who he is. But Zion was really good last night. Brandon Ingram is a star for that team. And is it time to panic in Brooklyn? Is it time to panic in Brooklyn after game one? I know it's an overreaction. But you got Durant. You got Kyrie. You got Ben Simmons. Here's Ben Simmons last night. 26 minutes. Four points, five rebounds, five assists, six fouls. His plus-minus while he was on the court was minus 26. They lost by 22. At home against the New Orleans Pelicans. Yikes. There's only one word for it. Yikes. Ben Simmons, he's back was the headline. It was the headline in New Orleans. It wasn't the headline in uh, Brooklyn. It can be for at that game, he's back. Could mean Zion, or it could mean, sarcastically, Ben Simmons. <sighs> Brooklyn's in trouble. I think Brooklyn's in trouble. This is not going to work. It's not going to work because you don't have to guard him. Nobody has to guard Ben Simmons. Uh, Toronto beat Cleveland 108-105. Donovan Mitchell in his first game with the Cavs, 31 points, 9 assists. He looked the part last night, but they could not get over the hump on the road. Phoenix beat Dallas 107-105. Grudge match from last year's playoff loss to Dallas. And Dallas had a 20-point lead in the first half. Phoenix came back and won it on a Damian Lee game winner, game-winning jumper with under 10 seconds to play. Former Louisville Cardinal. Out of the shadow of his brother-in-law, Steph Curry in Golden State, now playing for Phoenix, he threw it to Devin Booker. Booker threw it back to him and said, take the shot. And he did, and he made it, and they beat the Mavericks, 107-105. All right, two games tonight, Milwaukee at Philadelphia, Clippers and the Lakers in the Staples Center or uh, Crypto Arena, whatever it's called now. The Lakers are the home team. I'm going to take Philly minus the four at home. They don't want to start 0-2. I know it's a long season, but uh, they've got a game under their belt. Milwaukee does not. I'm going to take the Sixers and give the four. I like that team. Clippers, Lakers, you know what? Give me the Lakers plus the six. Why not? LeBron, LeBron says we can't shoot. They look terrible against Golden State. They'll bounce back tonight. Give me the Lakers plus six. Ed Peak joins me in studio tomorrow. Talk to you then. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.